0: This episode of AVXL is recorded on November 8th, 2019. We're going to talk about Black Friday. It's happening, people. It's a great time to buy a TV right now. The Hastings Limit, Fios M11, not the M9 DAP. A sweet deal from Kobuz and some even sweeter viewer questions. Ask an AVXL if you got one. All that and so much more.
1: Testing, one, two, three. All right. I'm not blowing anything out.
0: Ignorant weasels chewing on your soul. Ignorant weasels. Do you have speed? Yeah. Well, Navy Excel, your guide to the best in home video and audio gear, no matter what your budget is. I'm Patrick Norton. Hey, I am Robert Herron. I uh, was looking at a Best Buy deal. If you're a Best Buy member, if you have an account at Best Buy, if you've ever ordered something online from Best Buy, you're in. They have a. Easy. Yeah, they have some sweet deals for members. It's kind of crazy. They're already rolling Black Friday Now deals. I guess they're calling it Black Friday Now. Now. 10 point two inch iPads for 250 dollars down from three thirty dollars for example the latest generation on those the galaxy tab e if you're looking for something to control your home theater your home automation it's a hundred bucks down from 200 bucks you can preview their entire black friday ad right now just by going to the website i was laughing because i was mentioning this and you were like everybody's already doing their black friday sales on tvs if
1: you're looking for a tv right now is the time every major brand seems to be at the lowest price of the year for 2019 models right now so if you're looking for something from tcl or Samsung, or LG, or Sony. Even their very best, most premium models are all at terrific pricing. Things that jump out to me, of course, if you're in OLEDville, LG's C9 series... It's close to two thousand dollars now for the sixty-five inch model. I believe sixteen hundred bucks for the fifty-five. Seventy-seven inch at just a hair under five thousand dollars, which is expensive. But if you're on the fence for premium L C D in right. that that seventy plus inch screen size, consider something like that for a couple grand more that is just gonna delight your senses for a long time. Compared to a more value display at a better bargain. Mm-hmm. Eh, I guess it comes down to budget no matter what. But, well, but we're it, talking it, about across the board, though, every decent TV that I could possibly recommend is at a terrific price right now.
0: And you were saying earlier, because the thing that strikes me uh, the most was that, A, you told me that a 55 inch OLED weighs all of about 20 pounds an LG OLED. But after I got over the shock of that, that. Uh, well, it's, in any case, it's incredibly light, right? It's, it's, it it's is the lightest of
1: screens you'll deal with.
0: One of the things you were saying is short of projection, maybe. Well, the
1: virtual screen.
0: And then we go down the projection <laughs> rat hole. Uh, um, never mind.
1: Yeah. But for TVs
0: that you can physically hug. Right. Right. <laughs> Where, where you're not hanging a box separate from the screen. Totally. Or, or putting it on your console in front of your wall if you have a short-throw projector. We were talking about TVs, though. You're looking at the flagship from LG, which is arguably the best color and HDR experience you can get right now. Uh, I, I don't think there's a lot of arguing, but certainly Samsung would want to argue about that. A lot of that comes
1: down to simple contrast.
0: Sure. It does Samsung's best TV output color
1: right. as good as an LG. In terms of, say, just the size of the color palette, they're actually pretty similar. Okay. But when it comes to the absolute, how black is black,
0: and for viewing angle, that's what really grabs the eye with OLED. So if you're dealing with dark scenes, if you're dealing with space... Find, if you're already thinking about spending 1000 or $1,500 on a TV, try to find the money to get the OLED from LG. Totally. Now, for absolute brightness. Uh-huh. Now, maybe the room
1: is a little challenging. If the peak highlights in a scene are the things that really grab your eye, be it you know a star field or that glint on the chrome or right. that actor or actress standing in the sun, like I've mentioned before, a couple of the new LCDs coming out for absolute brightness, Vizio and their Quantum series TVs that can do close to 2000 and it's sustained and the new 8 series coming up from TCL with its, I forget how many LEDs they use, that micro LED technology. It's tens of thousands of these little LEDs that can sustain a 2000 nit peak brightness across the entire screen, or at least in a 10% window. Sustain though. And that kind of brightness level, it measures two or three times what you're going to get out of the current batch of OLEDs. So when it comes to that peak brightness detail, that is just as compelling as a good color palette. That's where LCDs currently have the advantage, but then that's only for the sweet spot when you're sitting front and center on most of these TVs and for say Sony and Samsung who've gone to extreme lengths to perfect sitting a little bit off axis and making that look really good too on an LCD TV the trade-off is contrast overall in order to spread that light a little bit off of an LCD screen to make it look better with a little bit of off axis viewing mm-hmm. that light scattering actually reduces the native contrast of the panel a little bit we've and, and OLED has none of these problems you know <laughs> we've said this burn in okay burn in yeah. perhaps. perhaps and you can check if you're not careful i would direct people toward artings website or ratings RTINGS, and GS. And they have done extensive testing that is ongoing with the previous gen of OLEDs, mm-hmm. the current gen of OLEDs in some pretty specific and demanding scenarios and some kind of mimicking real world use as well. Their TV reviews are fantastic. They do a ton of benchmarking over there. They compile data as good as anyone. We've said this a lot and we
0: probably beat it to death when
1: OLEDs launched. But ratings findings in terms of one of the specific patterns you can look at on an OLED screen to see if there's burn-in is Uh putting up a pure red 100% image. And Samsung recently had a a slight digging ad campaign that said, (laughs) oh, you should test your TV for burn-in. Here are our specific test patterns to check your TV. And one of them is this full red pattern that will... I find myself not (laughs) spending a lot of time
0: watching a 100% red screen, but if you do, no, but it's true that that particular subpixel was being worked a little harder or that material
1: in some way (sighs) to cause some uneven wear. So there is the potential there. However, I think the benefits far (laughs) outweigh the deficits. And especially with the 2019 model, with the new Gen 2 processor that LG is using, they're doing all the right things in terms of future-proofing it with 4K. I believe they'll even support up to 120 hertz input on 4K coming up. That's pretty good. With the latest HDMI standards all integrated. And we'll get into maybe what they'll be doing for next year when we get to that, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: for TV time, there are many, many terrific TVs out there. It's a uh, part of the reason also we, we at, talk at about great prices right now. Yeah. If you need to buy a television before next year, go ahead and buy one now shop around, check the prices, but the prices are, are as good as they're going to be between now and when things get crazy at CES. Part of what I was starting to say before, and, and it's it's a horse we've beaten to death or a dead horse we've beaten, but the reason we talk about contrast so much is because the way our eyeballs evolved, you know, we are vastly more sensitive to contrast than we are to color. So to have that additional contrast, that, that deeper black, is much more impactful than you might think. I should also say that the Best Buy free membership service I mentioned earlier is My Best Buy. So if you have, if you log into Best Buy, you should automatically be logged into a, a free My Best Buy account, which will offer those special Black Friday deals. If you absolutely, positively have to walk into a store. <laughs> well, no, you can order online too. Well, that's true. I, uh, I caught this tweet from Dieter Bonn, who's the executive editor of The Verge, and they have a newsletter called Command Line. And he says, today's newsletter seems to have struck a chord, lots of responses about the Hastings Limit. The entry from the, uh, the, the chunk of the Command Line newsletter says, I propose a new term called the Hastings Limit, named after Netflix CEO Reed Hastings. He famously said that Netflix's real competition was sleep, than Fortnite. Basically anything that took potential attention away from streaming video counted as a threat to his business. The Hastings Limit is the moment when you admit to yourself that there is more content than you want to experience than you have time for or will ever have time for. The number of shows I believe I would like, books I really want to read, video games I really want to play, movies I want to watch, and local parks I want to visit has officially become overwhelming. Exceeding the Hastings limit means more than just saying there are too many TV shows. It means you are actively triaging your content diet and choosing not to experience things you believe you might really enjoy or might really enrich your life in some way. It just seems like a, of course. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to have a name for this, right? Yeah. You know, part of the reason I gave up on, uh, part of the reason it was so easy, I should say, for me to give up satellites and move to our very first Apple TV 11,000 years ago when rocks were young and dirt didn't exist yet was because I realized there was nothing more worthless than me going through 400 channels, stumbling onto a Japanese game show or a Korean cooking show and not understanding the language, but being completely invested in watching, you know, this strange and wondrous cultural experience or Worse yet, you know. Or whose fire hose do you want to drink from? Exactly. Or try to drink from and realizing that by actively, okay, we're going to watch like Game of Thrones or we're going to watch, well, this is pre-Game of Thrones, but you get the idea, yeah. right? Um, so the, the whole idea of content triaging, once I got to a certain age, it can no longer function on two hours of sleep and the whole children having needs thing.
1: Oh, no. Uh, uh, viewing habits change over time.
0: Viewing habits change over time. When I
1: was younger and I spent ev- literally, uh, it used to be a regular thing to go to the movie theater mm-hmm. and to see everything that came out. Right. And I had clearly the time to do that but now with the advent of digital delivery (laughs) binging is i think a way people try to combat that where it's like you you want to hear or see or you know experience some of the content that people are talking about that apparently you know is probably really good but at some point it's like you're either going to spend a great amount of time <laughs> trying to fulfill that, even increasing the speed of your viewing, right. which is a popular thing to do on something like YouTube, where you can bump up the speed <sighs> of something by like 1.25x or whatever. You got to draw the line somewhere, and just have that realization that yeah, right. there aren't mm-hmm. enough minutes in the day, and to have a fulfilling life, I don't think it is just trying to consume it all.
0: Well, there is the
1: a... nobody can take the fire hose.
0: I don't. I don't, don't remember. Don't,
1: don't try to. Yeah, I I don't be more selective.
0: I don't. I don't remember who wrote it. There's a care about
1: what goes in your ears or in your eyes. Yeah.
0: Well, there was a there was a television. I don't remember the name. There was a television critic three or four years ago. uh, See,
1: that's the thing too. It's sometimes you want to try new things
0: and uh, have those experiences too. I'm not saying curtail that. But this this person pointed out the Hastings limit is a good way to put it. Yes. everybody. everybody everyone <laughs> needs limits. But it was funny, right? Because this television critic wrote that their job, right? Their full-time job was to watch and comment on new television shows. And they were like, look, the best I can do is a subset. I think they figured out there was like 400 hours of new programming from this subset of, of streaming channels and, and over-the-air channels and, and Cable channels in a very, very small subset. And they're like, even if I gave up sleep and, and right. breathing and, and there other aren't things, enough minutes in the day. Yeah. And, and it was their job to do this 40, 60 hours a week. So if the professionals are completely overwhelmed, it's okay for you to be overwhelmed. And, you know, and I find it's, I, oh gosh, the big. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, yeah. The binge viewing, I am torn between like.
1: One of the no, funniest something things about good. I'm pleased I can watch the very next episode. If something really hooks me. Right. Oh, my God. There's six more episodes. I can just sit here and grind them if I want to.
0: HBO drives me nuts right but now because they still release on a I weekly don't schedule.
1: Like or want. Right. This isn't 15, 20 years ago when I had only three channels and or you know, a 20 minute ride to the library. <laughs> no. Well, I'm, I'm laughing now because I, I literally remember this point. I have it all point. at my fingertips and you got to place limits on it yeah. to some degree.
0: Well, there was a big moment yeah, for me with books, right? Cause I am. Balance a, and focus. I have reading issues, you know, uh, I own, there are literally probably a couple thousand books we right. keep in our house because we're... Bless we're my Kindle. People. Bless your Kindle.
1: And my the ability was, to email PDF documents to it. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: th- I think I was almost 30 before I gave myself permission to stop hate reading to the end of stuff I wasn't enjoying. No. Because as a, b- but oh. as, a, as a reader and a lit major, I was like, you know, I have to finish the book. And at some point, I was like, life's too short. Yeah. So maybe that's obvious to everybody listening, and maybe you guys are already you're doing having this. that thought like, I could have came up with this. Oh, Okay, I, I uh, never mind. It's not even it's not Get even crazy. so much I could have come up with this. There's points where just people are the writing gets bad and the plot gets irritating and it's yes. just yes. you know. Yes.
1: Like, I I, <laughs> I I forced myself about halfway through a book a person I know re- uh, wrote and I finally just said no, no. <laughs> and then I talked to some other survivors of that book too, and they <laughs> they they all had similar feelings. It's like oh you got that far.
0: <laughs> That's funny, brave soul. Oh my goodness! So last week I mentioned a digital audio player I have in for testing uh, from FiO. It's the F11 I have in for testing, not the F9. Um, All right. I just wanted to clear that up. Uh, and Is it's really not an F9. There oh, is an S 9 okay. which was not it's hugely not popular. Right. Well, it has a big screen. It has two microSD card slots, so I've got the better part of 800 gigabytes of storage inside of it. It's got an Exynos 7872 uh, processor, which, of course, Samsung announced this week that they're no longer going to do custom processors because they're losing so much money on that corner of their business. This digital audio player actually has more RAM than my last phone did. <laughs> nice. As it um, should be. As it should. Um, cool. Cool. Yeah, it's got an AK-4493, two actually AK-4493 DACs. Um, it supports high-res up to 384 kilohertz. It's got some really crazy Bluetooth streaming, USB-C, which I really appreciate. It supports AirPlay, DLNA, Wi-Fi. You can use it as an outboard DAC. Uh, it does quick charge, which is good because it's supposed to get 13 hours of battery life, but depending maybe on how— Maybe with it, the screen off all the time. Maybe. Otherwise, but half uh, that. Well, not half, but probably around eight to nine hours. It sounds fantastic, I'm really impressed with the performance. Okay. I'm, I'm in love with the storage. It supports uh, regular SPC, AptX, AptX HD,
1: LDAC, which is Sony's LHDC. Those are all really nice for wireless headphones. Yeah. I'm so glad to see that now. Yeah. It's kind of pretty common. That's such a nice step up from just old school Bluetooth audio.
0: Yeah. 2.5 and 4.4 millimeter balanced outputs. Yep. Um, it supports 2.4 and 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi. Part of why it's been so awesome for me is because I'm traveling as somebody who's using full-time mobile internet, which is a nightmare I won't get into because it's also a rabbit hole. It's nice to have all of my favorite music on a standalone digital audio player because I'm enjoying the iPhone 8 and I'm living life without a headphone jack. But it's only got 128 gigabytes of storage, and I had the better part of three, 400 gigabytes of music on a micro SD card on my last phone. Right. Um,
1: we were talking about this last episode, too.
0: Not a huge fan of the glass back on this. I'm not a huge fan of glass backs on any portable design, but it does ship with a case in there, so I haven't broke it yet. And it's a huge 5.15-inch uh, screen. Screen? Yeah. It's got oh. a big, massive screen. because okay, it's like a runs- cell phone almost. Yeah. I mean, it literally is a big fat cell phone that holds all of the music. And it supports, because it's running Android, or a customized version of Android, uh, it doesn't support Apple Music, it does new Google Play, but it supports Tidal, it's got Spotify, and a ton of other musical services.
1: Android with no Google Play? That's well... Right. That's interesting.
0: Yeah, ha- I think it has more to do with the way Apple Music and Google Play handle things. Could uh, be. And who knows, maybe it's something that will, will show up in the future. So far, I've been really impressed with it. I haven't played around with any of the DSD stuff yet. There are some people that think that digital audio players are dead. I'm thinking of Darko Audio, actually, when I say that, because he did this huge review of sort of cell phone-friendly USB dongles that replace the DAC and the headphone amp on, on your phone. Right. And on one hand, I get where he's coming from. If you're not connected to streaming all the time or you're frustrated with streaming, it's nice to actually have a dedicated audio player. Yeah. if for no other reason, than nobody can call you. <laughs> <laughs> no interruptions
1: to <laughs> no, the tunes.
0: All right. No interruptions. Anyhow, big thumbs up on that. I'm really impressed with it. And I have one of their less expensive digital audio players in for review. And I will talk more about that when I get deeper into it. And then let me just double check the price on that. Because I want to say it's $300, $449, which is not $300. I've been really impressed with it. Black Friday coming up black friday's coming up christmas is coming up yeah sales are now you know i've played it on most of a bunch of planar magnetics and it certainly had enough volume for me uh and i'll uh i'll turn up the volume just to make sure uh there you go pump the really difficult ones it's good i like it yeah spotify's on there. titles on there it's good stuff Co-buzz. We've talked about them, right? They're the high-res music service. Right. They made an announcement actually the the morning we recorded this podcast. They're French. They've been overseas for a while. They started experimenting in the United States early last year in kind of a beta. They launched officially, I guess, or last year. Then and They launched officially in the U.S. in February. They are dumping their entire MP3 streaming tier. Good. So for their basic $15 a month plan is all basically gives you access to all of their high res and their lossless catalog thank goodness uh, yeah I spend the bits spend the bits um, and I think about it, I, you know it's funny because it's uh, I don't really you have at any, least have CD quality enjoy yes, life lossless CD quality yeah and it's it's funny I do Spotify premium which I'm completely happy with occasionally I wish they had a, a lossless tier but they're you yeah. know Spotify streaming is not mp3 and it's it's very very good their premier version any of the
1: paid streaming provider for audio yeah providers, their higher bitrate offerings, I've always noticed the difference. It's worth it for me every time, especially if I'm using it on a regular basis. I
0: can't deal with the standard version of Tidal or or Spotify because that I can actually hear the the compression. Um, So what they're calling their new studio premiere plan. Stepping up. Stepping up Yeah well they've got Really good What's interesting is They've got a lot of Really good metadata on there They've got It's a very sort of Album art kind of Friendly nice. experience um, I want to say They're integrated With Rune now So they're going to do this For the first 100,000 new Kobuz subscribers uh, All the existing users Like 100,000 new subscribers And they've got like 50 million tracks In high res And, and CD lossless So it's good stuff and Thank then g- goodness. If you are obsessed with uh, HD tracks, uh, high-res, they're a good place to go. They have what they call their Sublime Plus plan, which costs 250 bucks a year. That's 100 bucks more than you'd pay for a year of this entry-level plan. But what it does is they give you a ridiculous, a huge discount uh, if you want to purchase high-res audio files their system. Very cool. So, you know, if you're if you're like gonna buy fifty albums this year in high res, this is a way to save a bunch of money on that, but you gotta pay two hundred fifty dollars up front, so you're gonna have to do the math for yourself. So Disney Plus, they've already tested in the Netherlands. The launch is good to go. November twelfth is the big day. Disney Plus will be on Amazon Fire TV when it launches. They, they got into that in their, their Q4 fiscal earnings conversation last week. It's also going to be on Samsung and LG TVs. And, of course, we mentioned, I think, last week, Android, iPhone, iPad, Apple TV, and Roku. So damn near everything is going to have support for Disney Plus. CNBC uh, had a nice article on this, and they had quotes from, like, Iger and Hastings. You know, he, you know Hastings is like... Disney's the streaming competitor we have the most to learn from. Iger's like, I subscribe to Netflix. It's a love fest and they're going to try to rip each other's throats out. That, uh, that <laughs> Okay. Disney is the streaming competitor we have the most to learn from is a quote from Variety. I just laughed because they all know they're trying to rip each other's lungs out. They're,
1: they're holding knives behind their backs. Oh, yeah. I don't know these- if they're even behind their backs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We will take your content one day. Yeah, I love that quote from, from Variety. Todd Spangler uh, wrote this up. Out of the new competitive field, Hastings said, Disney's the one that we really have the most to learn from in terms of entertainment, adding any plans to subscribe to Disney+. Plus? Um, All right. So Netflix Yay. is continuing to Netflix their way along. Uh, they I They are everywhere. Do we care about the AirPods Pro?
1: Only that all the reviews, and if you're in the world of iOS and using your phone and using AirPods in general, or just audio, this seems to be one of the very best products Apple's made in a long time. I I hear nothing but raves about this particular product, the the latest watch designs, and many things other than the iPhone itself, although... There was a recent article saying that that $700 regular iPhone 11 is arguably the best $700 phone Apple's ever made.
0: Probably. I would say the
1: company's on a good roll right now in terms of just solid hardware. I hope iOS is keeping up on the back end in terms of just getting the support right for all of these devices. But they're doing okay. It's, you know, it's no worse than the state of anything you can point the finger at in terms of Android. Right. Android's such a, outside of a few select universes, uh, most of those devices are running very old OS software. And granted, uh, Apple does not support every product they make ad infinitum. They cut off support after a number of years, too. So, you know, there's plenty of older tablets running out there with, you know, 10.0 or whatever, or earlier, depending uh, on how old the device is. But but they still work. Uh, hopefully, actually, I had an old device that had five on it that I think I needed to update in order for it to con- continue, continue to, to function. Functioning. And... I, I think I better go check that device. You probably should do that. It's my, I, in my classics drawer of hardware <laughs> things. It's like, look at this; it still works. I was uh, but yeah Pods Pro. That's the only thing I would say is that if you need the wireless earbuds and you can swing the coin, that seems like an awesome product. Same people seem kind to really of like desire it. I would have for that. That I currently am looking at and eyeballing from Google earbuds, the Pixel Buds too. Right. I'm thinking of finally going wireless for my cell phone experience with earbud-style designs. That's on my short list. And if I had an iOS phone,
0: I'd be looking at the AirPods Pro. The reviews I've read, basically, the the people seem to be very pleased with the audio. They're $249, right? That's 50 bucks more than the AirPods with the wireless charging case. That's the better, not quite $100, but $90 more than the, the basic AirPods. Um, part of what made me laugh about this, because... There's a certain joy I take in poking at Apple's hyperbole because apparently Apple has invented or discovered the idea that you can have different tips on an earbud. Oh. No, no, no. This is a great quote. You'll love this. We refine the details of comfort, creating a new class of in-ear headphones with a customizable fit that forms an exceptional seal for active noise cancellation. You'll feel your music, not your headphones. They're also really proud of active active noise noise cancellation. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's neat.
0: The only in-ear headphones with active noise cancellation that continuously adapts to the geometry of your ear and the fit of the ear tips, which, you know. It's all good. cool. Yeah, it's it's interesting, right? The fact that they finally acknowledge that sure, sure people have different ex- sized modeling. ears. And True. True. That- if AirPods fit your ear, people love them. I think it's great that they finally actually have a small, medium and large tip, and I think that was the only way they're going to make the active noise cancellation work. Bass is supposed to be really solid on these. They're I'm supposed yet to have to active resistant. noise
1: cancellation that I actually like. There's always that slight sense of pressure. I, I feel yeah. when I enable one of those systems. The Bose and
0: are the worst, right? Because they also do bite.
1: For immersion, no doubt. It is awesome to have that feature because it does help drown out just background sound. Yeah. Especially repetitive droning sounds, let alone if you're in the office sitting right near the air outlet from the AC
0: system. Or the HVAC system, <laughs> well, <part laughs> or of, any anything like that. Part of the feeling like your head is about to collapse in the case of Bose it's minor, is minor, but mostly. Well, it, 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 in it, the case it's of Bose, because to... they're doing like 30 dB of attenuation, and it's just a huge amount right. of okay. manipulation of the audio. And that's part of the reason why people love them on airplanes so much because it takes a huge amount of the noise out of the experience. When you get into other phones like these Sony H900s have active right. noise cancellation, but it doesn't make me feel like my skull is about to collapse. It's a know, little more. Yeah, Relaxed on the tuning. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Okay, it's, something to keep in mind. Yeah, but... I'm also curious about the adaptive EQ that they're running the AirPods Pro, but I'll I'll borrow uh, somebody else's pair. Check it out. Uh, another interesting article on The Verge this week, The Wonderful World of Chinese Hi-Fi. Oh. Uh, Dan Nosowitz wrote this up. So I've sort of kind of been aware of this, but I've never heard the phrase Chi-Fi, which means I probably haven't dug deep enough into the HeadFi forums. But the idea here is that you know, out of Shenzhen and other places, there are a lot of driver manufacturers and then there are these companies you've never heard of that are in in one case is like they were saying like, okay, these are using the same drivers as Ultimate Ears, but the Linsol hi HiFi T three is seventy bucks. And Ultimate Ears are, let me tell you, considerably more expensive than that. Now Ultimate Ears in, in many ways is a standard for professional musicians. Right. It's one
1: thing to say you have the same driver. It's another thing to say that you right. achieve similar audio quality.
0: Yeah. Well, and one of the things they point out in the article is the build quality on these is sometimes suspect. There's probably no customer service. You know, a lot of these are showing up on Amazon now. A lot of them are also showing up on Alibaba. It's a real hit and miss for a lot of people. It's like, I'm not going to my eBay vendor looking for technical support. (laughs) That just doesn't happen. Yeah. And the names like the names get Amazon amusing because, because one set, Oh, this is so funny. They, between yesterday or the day before when that article went live and looking at the link today, they have completely sold out of every model and every color of this headphone, which I want to say was selling for like $20. There you go. <laughs> so, you know,
1: folks willing to take a chance.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, you for know. for $20 with removable cables and a metal enclosure, that's a pretty cheap price. That Tin Hi-Fi T3, that's getting really close to the price of some decent headphones from US manufacturers. Uh, that's or, cool. I'm curious. I'm I'm kind of tempted to try one of those. I was going to order I should have ordered the $20 ones yesterday, apparently. Uh, too late. Too late. Uh, Time to catch the next wave of the next
1: cool thing. Oh my Coming goodness. down the Chinese hi fi pipeline. But I could only imagine having seen some of their manufacturing cities in places like Shenzhen that everyone likes to talk about. The difference between Shenzhen and most of the rest of the country is that it's it's one of these special economic zones, and there are five of them currently in China. And they are places where it's easier for outsiders to come and do business. They're, te- they're usually, these cities have also been built up considerably compared to maybe some of the outlying right. regions. Business is business there, and it's easy to find the people you need to either get the parts and supplies, or you can actually visit where things are made, or the people who take the parts you find and get them assembled into the thing you need and get that tested and done in a way. In that city, I saw specialists of every trade in easy reach often grouped together on like, oh, all the metal fabricators are on this street. Right. All the woodworkers are on this street. All the people that do high-end electronic work are right here. It's also just kind of cool in the sense that recycling is huge there. Maybe right. it's a dumping ground. I don't know. I saw this more, I think, in Hong Kong. It, it was amazing just to see that everything got torn apart if it was being thrown out. And if possible, refurbished and sold. Shenzhen's a unique city. And it is. It, it's 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 very maker-friendly. And, and I don't know if it's still the same way nowadays, but like a decade ago, that was the place to roll into, like, I have a product idea, and I just need it done. and, and More on the technical side. Uh, it's,
0: it still is.
1: And I, I'm sure it is. And I just, uh, I'd like to get back and see what kind of vibe is still there I mean, in my, that ever exploding, my, awesome
0: city. My friends <laughs> that, that did the Indiegogo uh, A for more the gaming headsets, um, extremely careless. The feeling in
1: that city is, is way more like any other major city I've been in compared to the rest of China yeah. that I've seen.
0: Well, you feel that hustle. Excuse me. I am told you feel that hustle everywhere you go yeah, in It looks like a major city too yeah. and it functions like one. You know? Well, that's also where like the, a, a lot of high-end audio manufacturers get significant chunks of their product are manufactured in Shenzhen even if the final product is assembled here. I'm My more friends, curious about how
1: the laws are different there than it is for other areas in terms of business development. I would go in with a well-skilled local attorney. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> or, anyway, not, Don't mess do with not it. take business advice from me. <laughs>
1: Not for that, anyway.
0: <laughs> Point taken. But, you know, my friends did the, the gaming headset from St. Louis, the Vocal Erupt gaming headset that sounded so good. You know, they actually, Nick actually spent like six weeks in Shenzhen meeting and working on the development of the drivers for this and, and sorting out other parts that were there, having manufactured there. So it's it's still a place, as somebody said to me a few years ago, well, you, you know, you walk into the right store, you know, you hit a bunch of checklists, you wire them some money, and then a container full of, you know, tablets shows up at your port of choice. Very true. A few weeks later. And I'd like to say some of that, at least
1: that early hustle of being able to do projects like that, I see that moving more toward places like Vietnam now. Yeah. Or it's interesting to see how it's changing there compared to, say, Shenzhen 15 years ago. Right. Uh, It's just still. If I could go back to that city in particular, I had a I had a great time just visiting. And if it's right on the border of Hong Kong. Permits permitting, you can walk right across, jump on the local tram, and take a ride right down to the harbor. Well, I think and there's
0: a new... It's funny, I think the Can just, Jam... Uh, that, that
1: also makes it a neat city, too. It's like that taste of Hong Kong and China.
0: It's funny, uh, I was talking to uh, the folks who do Can Jam over at HeadFi, and they're actually doing a show... Uh, New York City, Singapore, Shenzhen, because people from Shenzhen can't get into Hong Kong, but the people in Hong Kong can take a train to Shenzhen for the show. That's in SoCal, London, Chicago. Yeah, um, I will say,
1: with everything going on there right now, it it is nice having. I had no restrictions going either way, right? And that was that's not. I I realize my experience is definitely biased in certain ways because of how I and why I was there and what I was doing and how easy it was for me to just do what I wanted Easy for the most good. part. Law permitting.
0: <laughs> Make sure you know the basics. Yeah. Know before you go. Always check in at your local police station. Not Chi-Fi. It's funny. They also listed Hi-Fi Man as being a Chi-Fi manufacturer, which I'm pretty sure ah. Hi-Fi Man took great umbrage Jet, probably rightfully so. Anyway. Uh, not Chi-Fi. Uh, I want to give a shout out, by the way, to Periodic Audio. Uh, we've talked a lot about sort of $100 earbuds that are really good. Their uh, magnesium which you can pick up on Amazon or or from the Periodic Audio website is really, really good for $99, especially if you want solid, tight bass. The BE or beryllium diaphragm in-ear and all their stuff is assembled in California. They do sort of a a resin or polymer-based enclosure that's the same across all of their different designs. The cables aren't detachable. There's no microphone. All the money's going into the driver. Their beryllium in-ear is $249, but it is amazing. And I think it competes with some stuff that's vastly more expensive from other uh, manufacturers.
1: Very cool. I I love in-ear designs, personally. It's the isolation. When you talk about active noise cancellation, it's like, I'd rather just have a well-fitting in-ear design that isolates me that way, Mm -hmm. when appropriate. It's like, that that is the most personal listening. I find that even more so than wearing a set of cans. It's like, because suddenly it's like, I cannot hear what's around me, for good or bad. And so make sure the... Make sure the environment's appropriate.
0: Head on a swivel,
1: people, especially crossing the street. Yeah, I ain't wearing the. I cannot do that personally. It'd be like me walking around the city and ear, with earplugs in or something. It's like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't care
0: if I go deaf. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to hear what's going on around me. Oh, man. If you're tired of tiny thumbnails, YouTube has a new homepage, uh, at least on the desktop.
1: I didn't, with, maybe with- I'm there too often, but. It look kind of the same. Well, TechCrunch I, 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 has it, a nice morph oh, that before okay. and
0: after, and basically things are bigger and less crowded. That's all. I'm
1: Whenever say. my browser sitting is, it doesn't lock the dark mode for YouTube on my browser only. I think right. I think I have it so that I wipe all my cookies every time I close the browser. That kind of crap. I really keep my browser clean. is <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, good. Yeah, but it also doesn't save any of my preferences. So anyway, well,
0: I don't know what to tell you about that.
1: I will say. <laughs> YouTube Premium. There's my subscription service
0: recommendation. Yeah. Well, they've gone from if like sick five YouTube commercials across horizontally to like four across horizontally. So it's not a huge change, but that's cool. The thumbnails are bigger. Uh, I was laughing. I got an email this week. The CES Innovation Awards are out. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty much. I wish you all could see Robert's face right now. Uh, by no, res- but it, it just reminds me it's getting closer. It is getting close. It's it's kind of a preview because in some uh, like they've received the innovation awards and they're announcing the innovation awards, but they're not necessarily telling you, depending on the company, what it's for. Right. Um, it means it's probably something pretty cool.
1: Yeah. There. It's definitely going to be one of the highlighted things at the show, but. What was on the list? Anything catch your eye? Uh,
0: Helm Audio got four for their new THX Achromatic Audio Amplifier, the Helm DB12. That THX amplifier is actually a fantastic piece of engineering. Achromatic? I don't know what to call that. No, uh, I mean,
1: that's an odd. That's a word I've yeah. never seen. Right. I, I know Ar- I've... Achromatic? Of- I've, I've
0: heard... Well, let me put it this way. Achromatic?
1: Heard, oh, achromatic.
0: Well... <laughs> So THX (laughs) came up with a chip design for a headphone amplifier that essentially has ridiculous... Uh, it, it has ridiculous performance, and it takes it sucks down almost no electricity. Uh, and they had, from what I was told from somebody in the industry, a ridiculous licensing thing. But a couple people built desktop amplifiers around some of the THX products, and they benchmark well. They test well. They sound fantastic. Cool. Um, they have a new triple driver true wireless earbud for $150, bucks, an MQA adapter, and an electrostatic hybrid true wireless earbud for $150, Ooh. which makes no sense to me because – Sure does an electrostatic in-ear, but that's like $3,000. I'll be out looking to listen to these. Uh, LG got two, one for, and this is pretty much all they say about it, a new LG OLED TV incorporating the ATSC 3.0 Next Duration Standard, co-developed by LG. Awesome. And the new InstaView door-in-door refrigerators. <laughs> I, dude, I love LG's appliances. I, if... I mean, as soon as I'm in the market for a $3,000 refrigerator, I, uh, granted, the
1: fridges are, <laughs> hey, if you got the budget, it shows you what's inside without even yeah. having to look in there. The ones with the cameras inside were the ones I love the best, <laughs> but their wash machines are like my, I, if, uh, I'm sure there's other good brands too, but from personal experience, that right. thing cleans my clothes nicely <laughs> and efficiently, and I love it, and I and it, it has a certain, anybody who owns an LG, I'm sure all of these products have a certain ring to them when they're in their, when they're finished with the cycle. It'll play a little song. And right. LG's got their own little custom song, and I don't believe it's changed in quite a while. However, I have now noticed that certain neighbors around me, I can hear when their LG wash machine, <laughs> it's like, hey, wait a minute, you bought one. Hey, oh, you too. And I was just like, oh, it made oh me my laugh. Goodness. But anyway, ATSC3 is the next-generation TV standard over-the-air broadcast where all you need is a simple, basic antenna. If you're within range of reception, if you're out in the boonies, it would require more capable antenna technologies. But it's that free over-the-air broadcast that having a TV now with this appropriate tuner, hopefully it's also backward compatible with ATSC2, and I assume it is. LG saying at least with their OLED TVs for 2020. Right which we'll see in a couple of months, at least a preview of them, they are incorporating that ATSC3 tuner, which brings some necessary changes. It makes it much more like an IP video distribution service now for over-the-air right. broadcast, free content. They will be able to enable pay-per-content with this system. However, the broadcast technology has become more robust with ATSC3, so if you were like getting half ass reception where you currently live, this might actually just help that by switching up to a standard that deals with things like multipath reflection and other anomalies related to you know receiving a broadcast signal through the air and it also will incorporate things like 4k hdr potentially even 8k all being able to broadcast that over the relatively unlimited video pipeline of broadcast airwaves. One thing I was curious about is what is the absolute data rate of an ATSC-3 transmission? It's like for ATSC-2, generally, it was about 20 megabit. Yeah. I'm curious to know if ATSC3 actually does anything to increase that or if it's more about, say, switching from H.264 style compression to something like H.265 where they can literally chop the bandwidth in half in well, terms of what's so needed. It's, it's using,
0: anyway, you know, no, I, we'll get into that some other time. I, 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 this I, was I just, just more about the TV. So the, so they're doing orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. Um, yes. They have a new parity check code. It's a 6 megahertz channel. Same, so the bit rate, the bit rate can be anywhere from one megabit to 50 let me 50, 57 megabits per second. Okay. So, So, and they can do 2164K at 120 frames per second, high dynamic range, Dolby AC4. So if that holds for a broadcast signal, that's two and a half
1: to three times the effective bit rate of the previous system with better characteristics for broadcast in terms of being more robust. And finally, this is something that literally could have came out last year, and it it is currently in deployment. There are... a handful of stations currently broadcasting. This will be the new standard. Like when we switched from analog to digital, we're now going from basically 720p 1080i to 4K HDR over the broadcast system with new data services as well, which it opens... Hopefully, in a publicly accessible way, some interesting ways of moving a lot of video data, at least in one direction. A
0: lot of, yeah. And And then then
1: it'll be able to tie into your internet connection as well for... Which is pretty crazy. Two-way and or video delivery
0: and customization through those mechanisms. Um, Cool. Yeah. At least for the OLEDs. A lot of of, of TVs. Yeah. I mean, a lot of local channels are enthusiastic about this because it should offer them an additional revenue stream. Uh, or multiple additional revenue streams. That was the kind of thing. I was like, who's going to pay to upgrade this? And the person I was talking to, who works for a company that does this kind of stuff, but they were like, your local affiliate is desperate for this because it's going to be a way for them to generate money and compete with cable and pay-per-view and stuff like that.
1: And I would figure if LG's winning an award already for incorporating ATSC3, I'm willing to bet Sony, Next Samsung, TVs. TCL aren't far behind.
0: It it smells like that. Yes. So uh, Brian emailed askinavxl.com. I have a whole home surge protector on my main breaker panel. I have three dedicated circuits for my home theater, which I'm so jealous of. One of the dedicated circuits is utilized solely for my amp to 20 amp circuit i got feedback from an av installer that line conditioners slash surge protectors can reduce available power for amps he recommends plugging amps directly into the wall outlet for best performance i've always used a line conditioner but haven't noticed any issues bypassing it what are your thoughts glad to hear your voices again brian in houston texas and i suspect if you add ask four installers, you'll probably get like two that are pro and two that are against. The only thing I could think of is that maybe the capability of the conditioner
1: or the surge protector right. can't match what can come out of the socket of the wall. Yeah. And in high loading or high response environments or situations. I mean, if playback, you have a
0: massive class A amplifier that's constantly drawing. I don't know the absolute answer to this off yeah. the top of my head. And that's something I'm kind of curious about. Well, okay, so the... When you start digging into this, places like Audioholics don't particularly have an issue with line conditioners or surge protectors. A surge protector should not impact the amperage that is delivered over your line, a properly engineered surge protector. True. You know, we have seen cases primarily in the past where running your cable... Uh, your you know your RF cable from the wall through a surge protector to protect you from electrical impacts or electrical hits you know lightning hits on the cable line. In some cases, they introduce noise again. That's usually a poorly engineered surge protector. Line conditioners are something we've talked about because some people get crappy electricity either because you know they are in an overburdened electrical system or they're power line issues or there are transformer issues or there are wiring issues to get the most especially out of certain digital products it can be nice to have a box that guarantees you're getting 120 volts a lot of people like to put a uninterruptible power supply on their projectors or back in the day those rear projection screen tvs because they're worried that their lamp is going to reduce life if there's a power outage and their lamp isn't cooled down properly by the fan Um, that's a good point This is also one of those areas where there are certain audiophiles that are going to tell you, like, well, once I put in the Magnificent Sonic 74000, 2092, you know, these, these gigantic... Line conditioners that they claim that you know they're hearing micro details and significant improvements in the overall sound staging and etc. And I'm not going to say that's not happening, but I will say that there are a lot of people running some ridiculously powerful amps that have no issues with you know line conditioners. Uh, I put surge protectors on everything I own because a friend of mine lost everything in his house when somebody working at PG&E accidentally shoved uh, a staggeringly wrong amount of voltage through the 120 volt lines of their block and the stove got wiped out the refrigerator the microwave and all of his vintage consoles that were currently plugged in So I have no issues with uh, surge protectors. I don't generally use a lot of line conditioners because my voltage isn't too bad. But there's enough people with incredibly powerful amplifiers that insist on using them. I don't think you necessarily have to have issues with that. However, I can certainly see if you have a cheap line conditioner, it could create issues. But the reality is, is it's pretty easy to measure the voltage before the line conditioner and after the line conditioner or the amperage before the line conditioner and after the line conditioner. And you can determine if the line conditioner Impacting the amount of electricity your amplifier can suck out of the wall. That so sounds reasonable. Yeah, you know, a clamp-on ammeter should be a really easy way. You know, on one, one of the side of it. ways. Yeah, <laughs> one of the ways that you're less likely to injure yourself, or a kilowatt for that matter, which can handle, I want to say, some ridiculous amount of wattage, but a clamp on ammeter you can get cheap and you can measure you know the amperage you're, you know and basically put a sine tone through your amp and try not to blow your speakers out and turn it up and see if there's a difference in the amperage with and without you know put it on the cable to the amplifier set the audio level to the same level run the tone with and without and you're probably not going to see it I also want to point out is the vast majority of us unless you're using a super powerful Class A amplifier or a class A amplifier period because those run at 100% all the time most of us are never seeing most of the the maximum capacity for our amplification to pull electricity because most of us will have permanent hearing damage if we turn our amplifiers all the way up Yeah, wait till the wait till the parents go away wait till the parents go away <laughs> <And laughs> in any subs, case and the extra sub comes out <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna answer a question next week about matching wattage to speakers.
1: Cool. Did I answer that question, or did I even mention it? Somebody asked me for the the two thousand dollars seventy five inch TV recommendation. I can save that for next time too. But it is Black Friday coming up. <laughs> Quick answer for that was I hate that question. But two grands, like I want performance. If I'm spending that much money, and I'm almost right. willing to drop down to a smaller size to get it but i will say samsung does have the q80 model right now 75 inches for sale price currently black friday ish 2300 bucks so for about 11 percent more than this person's budget that gives you the full array local dimming and the quantum dot color it's going to be a beautiful bright high performance lcd at the size you're looking for yeah 65 inch i think is almost What is it? Seventeen hundred for the sixty-five inch. Both just terrific. I personally would still rather swing for OLED. But when you get to seventy-seven inches for OLED, it's five thousand currently for their least expensive twenty-nineteen model with the latest and greatest features. Buy a car for that. (laughs) Yeah, that's a serious jump in price if your budget's two grand, and if it's stretching it. I'm still curious to see how quickly that TCL 8 series gets out with a 75 inch screen size and what the street pricing on that will be. I know it has a list price of three grand, but right, what's its Black Friday pricing? We wait with its tens of thousands of micro LEDs. Yeah, that's I want to see what of those. That should be a piece of eye candy. Can't Better
0: wait. That
1: be. I don't think it's an OLED killer per se, but OLED can't
0: get that bright. Anyway. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out how to put a projector in the Airstream. (laughs) LED.
1: (laughs) We're going to need a bigger Airstream.
0: Um, No lamp
1: lamp module to shock.
0: What are you watching?
1: Well, last night, Amazon Thursday Night Football. I have to say, (laughs) that stream has become more stable as I've watched it week in and week out. If out in the living room we have a standard cable internet and service here for that and that's usually on out in the living room but in one of the workrooms i have here i don't feel like running a cable to the cable and getting a box and dealing with all that so i just take advantage of uh, my amazon prime membership to enjoy a little thursday night football and i believe it's about 1080p resolution at its best and it looked okay. It so they pretty good. That was the Raiders versus the Chargers. Right? Yeah, it was local game too. And I can always hear when the game's over because the stadium erupts in a
0: crazy, <laughs> crazy sound. Well, event. I couldn't figure out because I couldn't figure out I could. Hear. I was actually nearby. It's not so that, it was, that far away. I was working on the airstream, and I'm like, "Is there a concert over there? Is it the Big Truck Monster Jam?" Oh yes,
1: <laughs> <laughs> the I black hole. Known. <laughs> <laughs> that was cool. So uh, happy for that. Yeah. I wish there was some 4K live sports streaming options in the United States. Right. It's just not a thing here yet. Otherwise, I'm enjoying a thing you handed me a couple months ago now. The Spears & Munsell UHD HDR Benchmark Disc. Currently 40 bucks on Amazon. That apparently is, and it is, it's one of the the best, if not one of the right. only, not only 4K, but also HDR test disks you can buy today. And it incorporates content that was all, sh- I believe all of it was shot in 8K and then transcoded down to 4K. Okay. To maintain just the beautiful detail that should be for the video samples that are on there. Obviously, there are going to be a lot of synthetically generated test patterns with lots of built-in documentation. <laughs> also a shout out, and I think he has, I'm almost certain he has credits on the disc, is Tyler Pruitt over at Portrait Displays now. And he helped a lot with Spears and Munsell in the production of this disc. Cool. And I am just looking forward to seeing what I can get out of it in terms of for my own benefit, but also if is it worth the average person spending 40 bucks on this disc? I'll be sure to let you know.
0: I'm excited.
1: It should be a a kick-ass source disc for pure video samples. Very uh-huh. clean, very well-produced, very n- known in terms of what you're looking at. But I believe there, sh- there should also be quite a few test patterns and motion patterns too to just kind of reveal not only resolution but performance in terms of color and detail for HDR sources. So I got to tell you... I want Sony to release the PlayStation 5 so badly. <laughs> I want that to be my next ultra-high-def disc player. The, you, like the PlayStation 3 was, in right. terms of being a universal kick-ass disc player i uh, think it was just you could throw anything in there and it's audio, audio they don't video have a disc. but now with the ps4 not having blu-ray support i was just like meh but now with the ps5 supposedly being uhd compatible with the disc playback typically sony doesn't screw around when it comes to their game consoles and if it does disc playback for video it's usually quite solid and well implemented with lots of cool features if i can't have the Blessed oppo player experience anymore for a reasonable amount of money in in, in relatively new condition right. i I am really looking forward to the PlayStation five being a very interesting product for disc playback.
0: Have they guaranteed they're actually putting a disc player in there they better
1: I, if, if not <laughs> i'm just gonna i'm gonna crawl back into my
0: hole <laughs> and go on eBay and look for an oppo player as well you should. <laughs>
1: Why? why didn't I buy more of
0: them I have not watched a lot of content this week uh, a lot of audiobooks because I've been doing I've been installing a new refrigerator and doing a bunch of wiring inside the airstream uh, and also realizing I have to do my first metal repair because uh, I, I didn't see a bollard in a gas station which I won't talk about because I'll burst into tears again. I do want to give a shout out to Kef for coming up with a wall bracket for the LSX speakers, which is their smaller, powered version of the LS50. And cool. also, those are all on sale for like I guess I call it a Black Friday month, you know, for November. Uh, those Kef LSX wireless uh, speakers are selling for a thousand dollars down from the usual price of twelve fifty. And the LS50, which is a legendary is that speaker, speaker, that's. For the pair, and oh. those are powered, so they're oh, okay. streaming and they're powered, and you stream audio to them, That's and they have the amplifiers bad. and the DAC built in. The LS50, which is is a fantastic speaker, even without a subwoofer, and with a subwoofer, it is an oh, unbelievable those are, speaker. Those are classic. Those are selling for nine hundred dollars right now, brand new. I thought it was crazy. Worth it. The LS50, the uh, the LS50 wireless speakers, the, or what they call the LS50 wireless music system, which is incredible like, again. It, if, if you don't want to deal with amplifiers and DAX, not just and, an amplified speaker yeah. version of the LS50, but yeah, well, it is
1: it is that, it but is. it is oh so much more.
0: <laughs> it's a pretty unique box. Those uh, those are on sale this month for eighteen hundred dollars, down from twenty five hundred. Which sounds like a lot of money, but. You've got to spend a lot of money to at, compete with them Go those. check
1: the specs page on that. Yeah.
0: That'll make you happy. I'll go listen to a pair of them. Yeah. But I'm just I'm just delighted that there's actually a wall bracket now for the LSX so I can mount. Uh, I I've, I now have figured out a way to mount these into my Airstream. That is my goal. We'll see how that goes. Sadly, they are $230 for the pair of mounts, but life is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Hopefully, I won't tear any chunks out of the Airstream and mounting those. But uh, just wanted to give a shout out to those. Uh, I did watch the King on Netflix this week. It's kind of like Henry V. It's oh, it's it's like sweet. a re- and what's interesting, it's like a reimagining of Henry V. Chunks of Henry IV, which is kind of a classic is
1: that Netflix in-house content. Yeah,
0: or? as far as I know. Very cool. Um, Joel Edgerton, one of my favorite actors, uh, does a fantastic Falstaff. Timothy Chalamet's Hal. He, he does a good take on on Prince Henry. It is the Falstaff you expect, the big jolly drunken friend of Prince Hal, but they have completely reimagined his relationship to Prince Hal after Prince Hal becomes King Henry. That's all I'm going to say. Beautifully shot. Very Um, cool. Brutal right up there with Kenneth Branagh's Henry V in terms of the hand-to-hand combat and the mayhem of of Agincourt. If you like this kind of stuff and you know who you are, uh, it's worth watching. Just don't get pissed off because false stuff ends up in a different place. Um, Understood. And I just described the new Cobuzz plan, and i got to make sure there's a Cobuzz app on that FIO M11, then I'll start downloading a couple hundred more gigabytes of audio. Very, very cool. That's the way I'm rolling right
1: now. Oh, last week I mentioned that TCL firmware update for the 8-series TV, that they had improved HDR playback in order to make it closer to spec compared to where it was before, where they were doing a a brightness of some of the mid-tones. Just a quick shout out though. The people who actually worked on that with T C L was uh-huh. Vincent Tio and Chris Heininen. And those guys have a good time doing what they do and are both a couple of people I consider friends in the business. Chris was- is great.
0: Chris and I Chris gave me a wonderful Education on how to do measuring over the phone. One in a conversation one day about measuring LP performance. He does a ton of work over at the wire cutter.
1: And it was oh. this was just a one incident where those two had collaborated a little bit, going back and forth with, "Hey, I did some testing. Would you take a look at these results?" "Hey, let's talk to the company." And next thing you know, things get better. Yeah, it was just nice. Oh, I just wanted to give those two a shout out. Good folks. And I hope to see them soon. A couple months in Vegas. Yeah. A couple months from now in Las Vegas.
0: Is it even a couple months? Might be now like six,
1: eight, nine, 90 days. No, it's not even 90 days. It's like 60 days. No, it's like
0: next week. (laughs) Not quite. (laughs) Thanksgiving is two weeks. (laughs) Right after Christmas. Pack up. You know, just pull my string like Barbie and I'll say math is hard and calendars are harder. (laughs) It it is in the calendar. That's all I have to say. Oh my goodness. So uh, two weeks, two AVXLs, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning of the show. If you have a question for us, we want to hear it, ask at AVXL because we're making the show for you because quite frankly, we could have this conversation on the phone, uh, but then you couldn't enjoy it. So do us a favor and enjoy it. Tell your friends about it. Send your questions to ask at AVXL. And if you're a patron, we appreciate it. and uh, Yeah, we do. And if you're not a patron, give a thought at patreon.com slash AVXL. With that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. AVXL.com is the website. Search for AVXL on your favorite podcatcher. I'm Patrick Norton. I'm Robert Heron. We'll catch you next week on AVXL.